Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice, a weekly podcast show where we focus on exploring strategies and tactics to help business owners and businesses achieve transformational growth. I'm your host, Nana Bonsu, and today we have a guest who's going to be talking about his journey in the business world, how he's opened and closed different businesses. He's also an author. And without further ado, I am going to introduce him to this guest. His name is Tony Kitchens. Tony is a speaker, author, and entrepreneur who has experienced highs and lows in both his personal life and his business. He believes that everybody can change their perspective on fear, pain, and current circumstances and use them as fuel to create an amazing life. He is the author of a book entitled The Gift of Pain. He's an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. The companies Tony founded have generated more than $100 million in revenue and service the largest multinational corporations in the world. Tony is on a mission to help as many people around the world through the wisdom he shares using his various platforms. Welcome to Build Value by Choice, Tony. Thank you. Good to be here, Nanu. Appreciate it. Wonderful. So what inspired you to write the book, The Gift of Pain, and to start, you know, to stop and start the new journey that you're on? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Because back in 2019, I had a company one company in particular is a tech company. And I started that company when I was 21 years old. And over 29 years, we had a lot of success, grew and had a lot of great employees that work for us. And we had the experience of working with some very large corporations. And through those partnerships, we really grew, not just revenue-wise, but we matured as a company from where we were when we first started. And late 2019, we just went through a very turbulent time. And I was forced to close the business December 2019. And it was just a terrible time. I had to let employees go the week of Thanksgiving. Just imagine that, letting people know that they were losing their jobs the week of Thanksgiving when they should be thankful for the opportunities they have. We were bringing bad news to their to their homes. And it was a very difficult time. And as I had to reflect on that, in early 2020, when you're still dealing with legal closings of business, closing a business is so much more difficult than starting one. Just way more difficult, way more traumatic. And I was still dealing with that, still dealing with, again, working with attorneys every day, working with trying to get things squared as far as the business concern, closing leases, all of that stuff. And then COVID happened. So we went from one traumatic situation to the next. And I just remember I was walking outside of my home and my wife was with me. And I just remember I just stopped and I said, the gift of pain, you know, it wakes you up early in the morning, keeps you up late at night. And besides love, it's probably one of the cleanest burning fuels that a body can ever process, meaning that it will make you do way more than you ever think you could because you have no choice at that point. And Nana, she told me, she said, well, if you don't use that title, I'm going to use it for something. And it stuck with me and I kept it. I kept the title. But as I was sitting there in the middle of COVID, I had no company anymore, not that particular company. And it was just really, it was a really sad time for me. And I was just trying to figure out how do I get through this? This had been my primary moneymaker for myself, for my family, for everybody around me, business partners, employees everything. And I was just trying to figure out how do I get through this? And I just sat and started writing and I wanted to go back and think about every 
tough challenge I've ever faced and remember how I got through those. And I just started writing. And probably about 100,000 words later, I realized that the information was was really valuable and I should share it. And I kept writing and kept writing and it became a book. And I self-published it. And I wanted other people to see situations maybe that they haven't experienced, but understanding that there are tough times in life that because of that pain, it can propel us to something even better, more than we ever thought of. And I really wanted to share those stories of how I got through some difficult times with other people. Well, that's fair. So if I may um, kind of you know, stick with that, you know, you know, pain, because one of the things you had this, you know, you had been in this particular company for 29 years or just, you know, just 29 years of overall business experience? No, 29 years in that one company. No one company. Yep. So you never envisioned the day in which you were going to shut it down. So what lesson does that hold for the business owners? Because there may be some things, you know, looking back, I have your book and unfortunately I didn't get a chance to go through everything that you know, I got to learn about your dad and all of that stuff. So and I, that's something I want to ask you also about. But what is what is the listening now for for business owners who may not, you know, who may just be looking at, for instance, the next payroll or just like, you know, something about, you know, some kind of vendor negotiation, but not really kind of looking like far out, like five, 10 years out, what their exit strategy is, what if something were to happen to them or to uh, a major customer. What could happen uh, to their business? What uh, what options do they have? What structures and systems do they have in their business to be able to withstand such a storm? Well, as you reflected on that, you know, beyond just your personal experience, what in the business do you think could have uh, been put in place if maybe, you know, maybe you hadn't maybe overlooked some things? Yeah, absolutely. And I had a plan. I had an idea. I was going to retire at the age of 45. And, and when I first started out, remember, I was 20 years old when I first started in business. So 45, I would have been a senior citizen <laughs> at that point when I was young, thinking about, okay, I'm going to do this for 25 years. That was a long time. So the exit strategy that I had was, well, I'll get it to a point where I can sell it. That's what that's the idea that I had. But here's a, I mean, here's the lesson about business is you can make a lot of plans, but it's just like being out on the on the water in a boat, right? You point the boat in a certain direction. And you go. When you're out there in the water, the tides are going to shift and your boat is going to go left. It's going to go right. You have to make corrections along the way in order to keep heading toward the destination you're trying to go. And it's no different in business. I could have retired at the age of 45. But when I got to that age, I was still young. I'm only 51 now. Right. So this wasn't that long ago. And I wanted to continue to work. So, so I was in a position that I could have retired, but I didn't want to retire. I was enjoying what I was doing. I was enjoying the, the employees that we had. I was enjoying the work that we were doing. So it wasn't a situation where the plan didn't go right. It was just a situation where when you like what you're doing, I love being in business. Absolutely love it. And things will change along the way. And here's the thing I know. I've always been around older business people my entire life, and I've learned a great deal from them. And at a certain period in time, a certain period of your life and a certain period of your business life, there are going to be things that come in that you just cannot control. You can't foresee them. And just like with COVID, for example, look at all the businesses just because product couldn't get here from China that were decimated. Never in your business plan can you ever imagine a situation where the world will stop shipping supplies. Nobody can imagine that. Nobody can prepare for that. 
That's why you had the biggest corporations on earth having to get bailed out. Restaurants only had money for about 17 days without a new customer. The average business couldn't last more than 30 days without a new customer. So no matter what the business plan is and how much we plan and how much we think we're preparing for the worst, when the worst comes, it may be different than what you were preparing for, if that makes sense. So as far as business owners are concerned now, I think one of the lessons that we learned from COVID, one of the lessons I learned from my own personal experiences is plan as much as you can, but at the same time, be open to the fact that your dream or your goal, you may get to it using a different vehicle than the one you're in today. So if you're working a job and you think that you're going to retire and move to an island, it may not be because of the income that you have today from the job that you have today, right? Mm -hmm. So you get a different job and you can still retire and move to that island. Or if you're in business, that vi that business may fail for whatever reason, but you don't give up. You start another one. You start over because a business is nothing more than a vehicle to get you to your dreams and your goals, just like a job is or just like a relationship is, right? You may not spend the rest of your life with the exact same person, but that doesn't mean when you, when you lose a relationship that you just crawl up into a corner and die. That's defeat. And we don't, we don't allow ourselves to be defeated when we face challenges. So, uh, Tony, one of the things that I take from this uh, brief conversation we've had so far is if you're a business owner, you love what you do, right? You're going to be in your business 25 years. 25 years came and went and you realize, hey, now, you know, you're young enough. You still love what you do. You couldn't imagine yourself doing something else. That sometimes can be a challenge that can, quote unquote, trap people in businesses long past the time when they need to exit. So this is because an, a lot of times this concept of exit, that's why I sometimes I like to think of it as transition, because there's risk involved. Right? Sometimes um, if you stay in the business past a certain point, you are taking on too much risk, right? So the question is, how do you determine? Because, I mean, like you, you just also mentioned the fact that it, it, your business is essentially a vehicle for you to fulfill a certain view or mission that you have for the world, a certain aspiration that you have. So once you reach, you, you have to be able to know at a certain point that, okay, I've done everything that I can in this venture, in this vehicle. It's time to hand that over through whatever means, whether it's through selling or whether it's through passing it down to your case or through uh, making it a franchise and maybe find a different uh, vehicle. But it's difficult to figure out that point because you are inside the arena. Right. So you need maybe you need somebody else who's who's an external person who can give you like an objective advice or an objective perspective. What is your viewpoint of, of that? Is that something that, you know, in, in reflecting back, that is something that you, you fell victim and not victim. But, you know, is this something that, you know, that was applicable in your situation or, or, or not? No, because I think if you if you take a step back to something you said in, in your question just now at the very onset, was when you felt that you've done all you can do in that business. And I think that's the key. If you felt that you can do all that you can do in a business, then it is time for you to exit. In my case, what happened was I was in the business for so long, even today still as an entrepreneur, that my purpose for being in business evolved several times during the 29 years, right? At first, I was just, I wanted to learn everything I could learn about tech. And I was just, just... I wanted to grow these relationships with these companies that I'd only read about before. Now I'm at a table negotiating with them and doing business with them. We're doing deals together. That was just everything that I can imagine when I was young, right? 
I dreamed of doing business with IBM when I read about them in college. And here I was at the table doing business with these people. It was a phenomenal thing. And then from there, you were able to start building wealth for your family, for your friends, for your employees. That was the next phase. And then a phase after that was after you've bought all the toys that you can buy, the business is doing well. The next thing is, is what can you do for others outside of your ecosystem, so to speak? What can you do for others outside of the of, of your space? And I started, my family and I started doing philanthropic work, right? We put 37 kids in school in Kenya, right? That, that had no formal education whatsoever. We built water systems for them. We did a lot of charitable work, not just in Kenya, but around the world. We actually had a school built a technology center at a school, Lenkai Christian School in Kenya. And Dorcas and John are dear friends today because of that project. And that was back in 2018. So we funded this tech center, the first tech center of its kind. And now the students had access to laptops and big screen TVs where they can see a lot of the different content online. And they were able to learn. The community was able to go in and use the tech center as well for resumes and things of that nature. So the purpose for me being in business evolved many times over the years. And when you're doing something like that from the profits of your corporation, again, you don't want to stop. Is there a time any business owner would tell you, any seasoned business owner would tell you that a, a business owner is always looking for the right time to punt the ball. They're always looking for the right time to, to exit. However, when that time comes, what's more important? So for me, Without taking a couple of million dollars and a and, and a buyout, maybe. But but what would I have done then? I was doing far more every year in philanthropic work than to just look out for myself. There were so many different people that we were taking care of, charities and things of that nature everywhere we went. That that was the that created a different level of passion in the business. So I was able to go do these things now, and I didn't want to stop doing those things at a at a greater level. And that's why business owners, a lot of them, especially the ones that I know, it gets to a certain point where it's not about them. It's really about what they can do with their businesses now to serve the greater good. You are an author, you are a speaker, you're an entrepreneur, obviously you're a family man and also you're a philanthropist. You mentioned your venture in Kenya. How do you balance all these roles while still making time for self-care and personal growth? You don't. You absolutely don't. And I see you smile. This is this is <laughs> we could talk. It offline. sounds good in theory, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. Right. It, the, the reality is, if you're going to be good at anything, there are certain points where you're going to have to focus on that more than other things. For example, well, my son, we only have one son. He's 19 years old. He'll be 20 coming up here pretty soon. Every day we had dinner together every single day, whether us as adults ate or not, because maybe we didn't want to eat at that point. But we sat down at the dinner table every single day of his life, unless one of us was traveling and we sat there and that was our family time, period. No phone, nothing, no laptops. So at that point, nothing else mattered. Work didn't matter. Philanthropic work didn't matter. Nothing else mattered except that time. So when you're doing that, you're sacrificing everything else for that. Then there are times where you're doing business work and, you know, it's in the middle of the night and you and your wife could be watching TV, you could be watching Netflix, but you're up two, three, four o'clock in the morning working on proposals, right? Doing some quotes, working on these big deals. Well, there's never a thing called balance. 
that I've experienced, it's always a situation where at some point you're going to give a lot more to one thing than the other. The key is for you to have people around you who understand that. My wife is a business person as well, right? And she's working on a big event right now. So I feel like I haven't seen her in like two weeks, right? Because she's working all hours of the night, right? I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. She's still not in bed. She's still up doing work. So there's a sacrifice that you have to have. But if you're with people who don't understand, there's always going to be this issue. But if the people around you, your friends and family know, hey, he's focused on this or she's focused on that, then they understand. And then it helps you as an entrepreneur or father or whatever it is that your title is. It helps you continue to do what you're doing because the people around you understand that you're sacrificing for something greater than that moment. What is the proudest moment in your 30-year career? I think the proudest, one of the proudest moments was from a business standpoint was my business was was in Chicago. I lived in Puerto Rico, though. I moved to Puerto Rico after a certain point, and I was still running the company th- from there, And but I had a great team of people. And I would say probably when I would go to town and I would go there and I would sit in my office and do work which if I was there all the time, I wouldn't get anything done for this reason, for the same reason. But now we had a lot of young technicians. I mean, these were guys and gals from 19 years old up to say 27, 28, this group of them. And whenever I went to to the office, they would just gather and sit in my office with me. (laughs) And we would talk some days, but other days they're just sitting on the couch. They're sitting on the floor with their laptops doing work. And just in my office, and it was almost like, you know, I had 10 kids and I was reading to them and that's what it felt like. And that I remember that's something that as soon as you asked the question that came to mind first, because through my company, we gave young people the opportunity they probably would not have had to interact with these huge corporations that they've only seen in different light or have a product that they have bought. And they're sitting at a conference room table with them. And for me to go to the office and they just wanted to sit there with me and spend that time together, talking and not even talking, that's probably, again, another reason why you continue to do what you do. Because you realize that your company becomes a family for a lot of people. It becomes a situation where these people are coming to work because they have a sense of purpose. They have a sense of meaning when they do. And they see the opportunities in front of them. And then I saw myself in them, the hustle, the drive, the determination, the desire to learn. And you don't want to take that away from them. So you continue to do what you do to give these people this opportunity for them to have their dreams come true. So I would say that's probably one of the proudest moments that, that comes to mind right away. And what is the hardest moment? Uh, the hardest moment probably is the same thing, which is, again, when I had to shut the company down. One of my main concerns was what happens to the people, you know, and I still talk to many of them today. Right. But one guy in particular, Mike, who is my really go to person at the company, you know, we we got on the horn probably in maybe in February of 2020. And we had to do two or three different calls to try to get everybody together. But when they were talking about how well they were doing the jobs that they had gotten after we closed, oh, that just brought a tear to my eye because it's you see what they've learned when they were with us and you see the dedication that they put in, the work ethic, everything that they became 
for themselves, the self-study that they did, the way that their dress changed from casual street clothes to uniforms, right? And now they work for big corporations and they're in these other really good jobs. That was probably one of the toughest pieces is, is, is not being able to employ these people anymore. But the reward for that afterwards, what made it all good was knowing that they all landed and landed very well. And that was very important to me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's just, I see this kind of thing uh, all the time where it's amazing you're talking about how the proudest moment is, is people, right? It wasn't like, you know, that the fact that you didn't mention the fact that you had, you know, taking into multi-million dollar business, but the impact, the effect that you had on, on the younger generation. So that's, uh, that's kind of always interesting that people are always going to be the central focus of our aspiration and our purpose. Um, cause I think that's, that, that may be more long lasting than, than anything else. What have you? What are you doing differently in your new venture based on your previous experience? Well, at this particular point, what I did was a couple of years ago started another company, which is the one that I have now, ARK Enterprises, and that's primarily a company to manage speaking opportunities as well as strategic sessions. And I do one-on-one consulting sessions with individuals, and then I do one-on-many consulting sessions with companies. I'd love working with startups or entrepreneurs or businesses that are an early stage between zero startup and five years old. I love that space because they have the energy, the creativity to just run with the world. And recently, just recently, I was asked to join an advisory board for a local college here, local university here in Georgia. I'm very proud of that because it allows me to continue to do that work with these young people looking to become entrepreneurs. That's very exciting. It's a completely different space than I was in before. One of the things that I would say is in life, when we're young and we're starting out, we're on this upward trajectory, right? Where we're trying to learn everything we can. We're trying to climb this mountain. And then at a certain point, what I've learned from from older people, much wiser than I am, is on the other side of that, you want to start teaching people. You want to start sharing what you've learned with other people. And you want to share it. You want to share the good and you want to share the bad. That's why I'm an open book, right? There's nothing in my life that I've ever tried to hide that I won't. And there, you know, for the good, for good and bad. And like you said, it, it, you've noticed we haven't talked about the successes of entrepreneurship, all the things that I was able to buy and still to this day, because it doesn't really matter ultimately, right? What matters is what how are you, how do you show up in the world every single day? How do you tackle life and become better than you were yesterday. The things will come and go. And I like things. I'll be very honest with you. When I say I like things, I want to be able to live in the home that I live in or drive the vehicle that I want to drive, right? But it doesn't define me. So along this journey, it's we have to continue to be better than we were yesterday. And that's what I'm working on now with my business is helping people do that same thing by sharing my story. Because the, the fact is, you hear this a lot, but if, if I can do it, surely a whole bunch more people can, because my story is not much different than theirs. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. So what do you see you know, in the next two or three years? And if you don't look in the crystal ball, uh, what do you see you know, you know, in the next two or three years? For my company? For your company and just you know, the business world in general. Yeah, absolutely. I think for my company... I'm I'm very proud of the work that we're doing now. I have a speaking opportunity coming up with some young students in Accra, Ghana. That's going to be at the end of this month. The first week in March, I have a big event coming up where we're going to be talking to 
a group of young people in India about the importance of entrepreneurship. And I'm very excited about doing a lot more of that, a lot more, because people are hungry to learn. People are hungry to, to hear the experiences of other people around the world and how they're able to overcome and how they're able to fight against the odds. We have a very spoiled mentality in the U.S. a lot of times because we think things come so naturally to us and things of that nature. But when you talk to people outside of the United States, they're hungry, extremely hungry to learn, not for things. They want to learn. They want to get better. And I love working with that level of energy. Just as far as the business world is concerned, I'm not sure in the next couple of years, to be honest with you. I'm very optimistic. At the same time, it's a little scary that you, you can look at a YouTube video and someone that looks like they're 12 years old is telling you to start an LLC because it's easy. That's the opposite of sound business advice. And three or 400,000 people have watched that video and now have the wrong impression about why you start a business and how to do it. That's a little scary that anybody can just put out any information and people believe this is the case when it's not. But overall, I think that people will see beyond that. I think people, once the rubber meets the road, so to speak, then they'll be able to see what it's really like when you start a business or really like when you're an entrepreneur. And when you can smile like I am, even after you've been through several train wrecks, yeah. because that's what it's about. You got to get back up. Yeah. It's not how hard you get hit. It's you know, how fast you can get back up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much, uh, Tony, for you know coming on and sharing your story and sharing the the some of the insights from the uh, book. Um, I, I, just real quick, you mentioned your dad in the book, The Gift of Pain. What what is the nugget that you got from your dad that that continues to motivate you or and inspire you to this day? My father, looking back, he was the biggest dreamer that I've ever known. My dad had big visions, big dreams, big goals, and. He only had a third grade education. He came from Georgia. His mom died. He wound up leaving, moving in with his grandma, who's my great grandmother, who I only knew as grandma my whole life. And but he never let where he was stop where from where he wanted to go. And I just remember as a kid, <laughs> one funny story, as a kid, he would take me to this boat dealer in Chicago to look at boats. He couldn't afford a boat, Nano. He 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 couldn't. And it wasn't even a big boat, but he couldn't afford it. But I remember he took me with him and I would climb in and out of this thing. I remember to say, I can remember like it was yesterday. Sales guy was mad, you know, a little boy climbing in and out of this boat, you know, that was for sale. And I just remember that. And the interesting thing is, unfortunately, you know, he passed in, it was July. It was, you know, July of 2006. And unfortunately, he didn't get to see it, but I got a boat about a year later. Mm -hmm. And it's because, yeah, it, but he put that seed in me. I didn't even realize until later, a little bit after that, why I even wanted a boat. It was more because it was something that my father always talked about. So here I was really fulfilling his dream without even really thinking about it because it was something he wanted. So it, the, the biggest, one of the biggest lessons from him was just to always dream big, even if you can't see a path. Continue to dream big. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much. God rest his soul. That's such a beautiful story. Uh, how can uh, yeah. people get in contact with you, follow your work, and if they want to um, you know, work with you, how can people do that? You can go to TonyRKitchens.com. There's uh, social links at the bottom, and you can con connect with me that way. I'm very accessible. I respond to emails personally, even though I'm extremely busy. 
but that's I know that's a that's a relief for some people because it's this maze of of uh, emptiness. But I respond to people and and I'm looking forward to connecting to anyone who's looking forward to moving beyond where they are today. Well, thank you very much. And we're going to have your information in show notes so that, you know, people that may be driving or don't otherwise don't have access to a pen and paper can access it by, you know, checking out the show notes uh, afterward. Uh, thank you again and for the, for our listeners. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating and a like and leave a comment on the show's uh, Facebook page. Till next week, bye for now. Thank you.